Del, are you crying? No, I'm amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the name of our show. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so bad. This is Crying Amazing Crazy. I'm Mel. I'm Del. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, and cheers. Oh, cheers. Welcome back after Thanksgiving. <sighs> Take a breath for all the food you ate. Yeah. I, um... I want to say it's because of Thanksgiving, but I know it's not. <laughs> but I like to unbutton one button in my pants when I drive. I feel like I just straight up switched to stretch pants. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even deal with buttons anymore. So Yeah, I also started doing this thing where I, for some reason at this point in my life, I decided to start buttoning my pants first and then zipping or do you zip and then butt? I've button? always buttoned first and then zipped. See, I never. I used to zip and then button. Oh, now is... I button because it's like <laughs> get that shit closed. <laughs> See if you can even handle yeah. these pants. And then zip. And because I made that transition <laughs> later in life, I often get caught with my fly down. That's amazing. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> fun fact about Mel. So yeah. look out for her down fly. <laughs> So we're doing really well in that. We're starting to plan ahead a little more with our shows. A little bit. Just a little bit because uh, we really do want to have those user submissions. And Send them in. Yes. The, so next week, we're not going to talk about it today. Yeah. But for next week, we are going to really uncover some breakup stories. Breakup stories. So everyone has like a juicy breakup story. It could be a hilarious story. Yeah. It could be a sad story. We kind of prefer hilarious. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. Uh, you know, either you're breaking up with somebody, somebody's breaking up with you, any age. Um, we have a Gmail account now, so you can email us at cryingamazingcrazy at gmail.com. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> amazing. Yes. Uh, so you can send just your stories there. Um We'll read them on air or summarize them on air if you're long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> also, make sure, you know, tag us on Instagram at cryingamazingcrazy. We're on there, too. Send us stuff that... Makes you cry. Or makes us cry. DM us, bitches. <laughs> or tag us, whatever. DM, yeah. You can be public with it or not. Yeah. It's up to you. But we like friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, do you want to dive in this week? Okay, so there's so many, like, cool or not cool resources for articles, videos, things that give you emotions. Of course. And I feel like whenever those things are presented in a viral way, mm. they're often presented with internet slang, jargon, memes. For sure. Clickbait. Uh, yes. And, like, one thing that... Uh, has always kind of bugged me is the all the feels. Oh my god, I've always hated really? all the okay. feels. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> Guys, I hate when stop. people say it. It makes me not want to read the story. Yeah. And it makes me think that you're a child. Yes. And because it's like overused. So I kind of always just assume this shit is not gonna make me have any right. feelings. And I feel like it's too fucking cute and like I don't got time for cute. Like no. No pussies allowed. 
<laughs> Pussies are allowed. Well, the good kind yeah. are allowed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, what are some other, like, that's the one, also, that's Wait. the one that kind of makes me really annoyed. Um, it also makes me think of uh, pedophiles a little bit. Yes, like... Yes, just like creepy pedophile it's family cute and guy, creepy. guy. Yeah, um, but I actually looked into the is it etymology of the word, dude. Go for <laughs> the it. The history is that the right term? I though? don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yes. anyway, according to the internet, ooh, what's that? <laughs> the phrase "all the feels" can be traced back to a meme created in 2010 by a German image site. The caption was, "I know that feel, bro." So, but I do like feelings. I feel like you, did you say that in an accent on purpose? I tried. Um, So anyway, it was like, I know that feel, bro. (laughs) That just sounded kind of like Chris. (laughs) My husband. Okay. Um, So anyway, it was like, you know, some German English misinterpretation. So you kind of sound like you're just dumb when you say that all the time yeah and the meme is like a weird illustration of like it's like kind of a creepy illustration of like a sort of stick figure like hugging another yeah 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 i don't know it's really looks like a fucked up child drew it yeah so the origins are gross and weird (laughs) so stop it stop the verdict is no more feels no more feels please one that I do really like, though, mm-hmm. is FOMO. Oh, FOMO. Yeah. I like FOMO. Yeah. I like it. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I have any feelings about FOMO. Fear of missing out if you're dumb and don't know what it means. Or, you know, older. <laughs> well, actually, I'm wearing glasses and pushing them <laughs> up my nose right now. Uh, actually... So I originally thought that FOMO was from Broad City because oh, that's where funny. I first heard it. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it is. You're right. It is like a newer thing oh. because it. I did, I did a little research on FOMO. Wait, this is so dumb. I was confusing FOMO with YOLO, which I hate, but FOMO. <laughs> I hate YOLO too, except for I lived in YOLO County. Oh. So when I first heard it, I was like... YOLO, like the county we live in. Like I never <laughs> knew it was an acronym. Also, I have difficulties with acronyms because I also, like every time every, everyone would use FTW, like for... I don't ever, I can't ever think of what it means. You don't know what it means? Uh, well, now I, I know at this moment, but Wait, sometimes what does I'll it read it for the win. Yeah, okay. But sometimes I read it and I'm like, fuck this Wednesday. Fuck the world. Fuck I the always world. thought it was fuck yeah. the world because I feel like people said that. So like people would be like, Oprah, fuck the world. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, I just. Yeah. And like it's, yeah. And it's always like something that doesn't make sense if you don't know what it I means. I like fuck and the world better. I think it's me funny. Too. I think it's I should better. just. Yeah. And the, another one that I don't like is, um, I actually, this is probably my least favorite, is AF for as oh, fuck. I love AF. I fucking hate it. Oh, I like why? to say it as, like, I like to just say, oh, just, say it. Oh, like, I guess just me fucking too. say it. Yeah, bitch. yeah, me too. But I guess, like, in texting and writing, it's just, like, faster to write AF. But okay, here's but what I, I in, don't In real like. life, I do say as fuck. What I don't like about it is, 
when people use it with a noun. So like, I've seen this so much where they're like, um, like beers as fuck or like, I feel like, did you watch the last season of Insecure? Like Christmas AF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like all the episodes of the last season of Insecure were all something AF. No, I don't like that. Well, me and Issa Rae disagree. Uh, But anyways, with FOMO, so if anyone's interested, am I just dumb? Am I the only one who doesn't know, like, the history of FOMO? No, I don't know it. Then I will go through this. Thank you. It's not that exciting. But apparently... It was first written back in the year 2000 by a marketing strategist named Dan Herman. Back in the olden days, the year (laughs) 2000, Dan Herman, who's a marketing strategist, came up with this term for fear of missing out. But it became popularized in the early 2000s at Harvard Business School uh, after students um, basically lived through 9-11. And oh, I take back my ear. I know. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be feel dumb right now. Actually, it's still an ew. So after not kind of, after 9-11 happened, uh, there was this sort of like phenomenon that happened where these college students were really uh, suddenly having a fear of mortality or they were realizing their mortality. Oh, wow. And so they were striving to do as many social things and interact with as many people as possible Hello. to the point where like these, there was like a group of students at Harvard business school that were like creating massive spreadsheets with their social calendars the and they were having a really hard, like struggling with keeping everything in. So that's where it actually, they started, they started saying FOBO, <laughs> Which is a uh, fear of bitching a, out, <laughs> basically. Uh, fear of a better option, oh. and that there's more to do. There's Isn't more. That just like dating. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then it wow. kind of like came into it turned into FOMO. That's uh, so crazy. There's a history and a sad one. According to the according to Boston Magazine, this was like a big article I read in Boston Magazine. Wow. So anyways, did you have, or I mean, can you um, think of any other terms that you... Yeah, well, I mean... Are like, have to do with empathy or something, since yeah. this is a crying podcast. So like, I always, I really like, I feel you. Like, when someone says something and you tell them, I feel you, I feel you, like... Oh. That's... I feel you. That's like something I say a lot. And according to Urban Dictionary, it's black slang, but like, is it? Because I feel like I grew up saying that I all the time. I feel you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we take a lot from that culture that right. perhaps we just don't understand. Yeah. That. But like, you know that from. as a term, right? Oh, yeah. I feel okay, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel you on that for sure. Yeah. Um, also, I say this all the time is just same. Which same. I love it because it's just like one word response and it's, you know, says it all. What more do you need? Yeah. Another one I was thinking about is, you know, just a bleeding heart, mm. which I am. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm considered to be dangerously soft-hearted. So anyway, uh, also the term is related. It's typically someone considered too liberal in political beliefs. Um, but I do remember my dad always calling me that in high school. Like it was a bad thing. And then, yeah, over Thanksgiving break, I went out to drinks the night before with like a bunch of people from high school and whatever. And all, you know, it was like, I work in nonprofit, 
she's a teacher, he's like a social worker or mm-hmm. is trying to go into that work. And we were just like really drunk and like happy to be alive and like just, yeah, excited that we're bleeding hearts and we don't make any money, but you know, we're changing the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might've just been like the booze talking, <laughs> but no. yeah. I like I like that term. I like bleeding heart too. I'm not offended yeah. if somebody calls me a bleeding heart yeah. liberal. I'm like, yeah, I'm human. Like my heart bleeds. Like mine doesn't yours. Yeah. Okay, robot heart. <laughs> robot heart. So. Heart of coal. Yeah. Of coal. <laughs> the, yeah, those are the kind of ones I thought of. But yeah, I like all of them except for feels and all the feels. Yeah, all the feels. It's the worst. That one's the worst. Stop it. Can't even. <sighs> Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that one is like I'm on the fence, like because oh, I yeah. like there are times where I'm like I can't, I can't even like that is pretty much that's like all you can say. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it comes naturally. This girl I work with was like, oh my god, you're from you know Upland. I'm from San Dimas, and I was like, oh wow. And I mentioned something about my high school, and she was like, that's where I went to high school, and then. She's like, when did you graduate? And I said, 1998. And she was like, oh, I was 2012. And I was like, I'm, I'm done with you. Like, I can't. I can't have this conversation. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, girl. Yeah. But then she was like, wait a second. Did you know? 2012? Yeah. And then she's like. That was like last year. That was like two seconds ago. She was like, did you know so-and-so? And I was like, yes. I ran track with him. She's like, he was my high school English teacher. And then I said, I, I can't. Like, I just. Stop, please. Stop You're killing talking. me. Stop talking. So that was fun. But yeah, I just can't. So I know we're going to talk about things that made us cry this week, but can we talk about people who cried this week? Sure. <laughs> and oh, wait. Let me start it off by saying, sorry. Do you know what I'm going to talk sorry. about? Sorry, no. I'm so sorry to bring this up, but uh, <laughs> Prime Miss, uh, Canadian Prime Minister, <laughs> uh, sweet baby... Trudeau. <laughs> He's also JT. a mirth. Mirth. He's also a mirth. He's a earth. Man, I'd rather say. take home. He's an earth mirth. Man, I'd rather take home. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Mirth. I was going to say earth murderer, but man, you'd rather take home works. <laughs> <laughs> He's an earth murderer. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> mirth. He's an earth mirth. Earth murdering mirth. He apologized. Did you see his teary apology? No, I have no idea what's happening in Canada. So he made two apologies, like, in the past two weeks, like, big public apologies. The first one, it's on behalf of his country, not because he did any wrongdoings. Don't worry, he's not in that. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. Yeah. Yeah. The incomplete list. Yeah. The Time Magazine incomplete list is what (laughs) Delane's referring to. So first he apologized and was crying during his apology, which I bet you a lot of conservatives are like, those are fake manufactured tears. Right, sure. Uh, Like when Obama did that. But so first he apologized for what Canada did to indigenous children. Oh, wow. Yeah. The state sponsored religion schools that basically the forced assimilation that they went through. Right. So 150,000 indigenous indigenous children attended these state-sponsored religion schools for more than 100 years in Canada, and um, a lot of these kids died. Well, Mm -hmm. 3,000 died in the schools, and a lot of them suffered from physical and sexual abuse, so super heavy stuff. But in 2016, the government reached a 50 million settlement with... uh, 
that's amazing. The survivors. Wow. So anyways, he did this big apology and was crying and actually wow. was kind of... It's kind of sweet. That's heartwarming. Yeah. And then the other apology that he did where he didn't cry was for um, the awful treatment of LGBT people in mm. Canada. Um, again, state-sponsored <laughs> discrimination, during which was between the 50s and the 90s, thousands of Canadian uh, public servants. They uh, were intimidated or, you know, into leaving their jobs or were fired by the government. Um, the government interrogated individuals who they thought were gay or transgender. So that was another thing where they reached a settlement, I believe. And nice. so he did this big public apology this wow. morning. Like, what a contrast to our country where indigenous people are, like, like humiliated at the White House. He's literally crying while Ugh. somebody else is, like, making jokes about Pope. And then, like, the LGBT rights, like, that's going to be our future. That was what a lot of the stories were about today is they were doing that contrast of, like, meanwhile, our president is tre- uh, tweeting about transgendered, uh, banning transgender people from yeah. the military. That's so, crazy. anyways, thought I'd bring that up. Also, I just thought... Even though it was like heavy stuff, it was like making me giggle because he yeah. was like, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I am so, so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So what made you cry this week? Did you want to do one? Or do you want to go back and forth or do you want me to just do my list or how do you want to do it? We can go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. So this was a commercial for Gatorade. What? <laughs> Gatorade. Any Gatorade. Cry. That's so sad. It was uh, with Serena Williams, and so oh. she did this amazing empower, like female empowerment Gatorade ad. But basically, she's a new mom. Mm-hmm. She's it's like the commercial is her with her child in her arms, and she's like speaking to her like infant daughter, baby girl. I won't mind if you play tennis badly. I won't mind if you choose to never pick up a racket. But I beg you. In this game of life, please keep playing no matter what. Just like it taught me, sports will teach you to be strong. Lions on three. One, two, three, lions! You'll discover the power and grace of your body. You'll learn to move, and you'll learn the way to move others. Sports will teach you the strength of your allies, whether your bond is by blood or by ball. Whether she shares the color of your skin or the color of your jersey, you'll find your sisters in sweat. Sometimes you'll score goals, sometimes you won't. But the goals you set, you'll reach together. You'll find the courage to stand tall. Work harder. And speak louder on whatever playing field you choose in life. So keep playing, my girl. Keep playing. Like had a baby and was like, I need to. Oh my god, I love it. It's so sweet. And actually, in the commercial, so what I really love about it is the visuals that they're showing Mm -hmm. is of the girl's 
failing or right, right. crying falling. or falling and getting yeah. back up or whatever. And like helping each other helping get back up. helping each other. Like it's that teamwork thing. Yeah. And I just really, I thought it was really powerful. Um, totally. The baby in the commercial is not her baby. Her right. baby was supposed to do it actually, but oh. got sick that day, I guess. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. Uh, but yeah. And the other thing that's kind of actually funny about it is, so I was like, like getting really, te- I'm like teared up right now yeah. just watching it again. Because especially like the girl that falls and is like yeah. crying. <laughs> but so the funny thing though, so like the cat, the slogan is keep playing. So my husband is probably laughing right now, <laughs> just listening to this. But when we, so when Chris, this is totally shifting gears. But, <laughs> so when Chris and I first moved to LA, we, mm. we were like, let's, let's do it. Let's get cable. <laughs> like we hadn't had cable in so long, like for it. probably like five years or something. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, we're in LA. Like, let's fucking get cable. <laughs> so we got cable <laughs> and we're That's like so feeling really awesome. But <laughs> we're like, also we got this like crazy cable package where it included like, uh, Skinamax. Oh, <laughs> And so like, I totally watch it all the time. (laughs) So we'd be like flipping through channels and then it would be like softcore porn. (laughs) And there was this one that was, (laughs) there was this one that we watched part of (laughs) that was based on a, what's her name? Zane. um, She writes like erotic like, you'll see, I forgot her first name. You'll see, like, Zane as, like, the yeah, big yeah, last yeah, name. Totally. Like, her paperbacks are everywhere. <laughs> but anyways, like, this erotic, like, fiction, mm-hmm. like, best-selling fiction. And there was, like, one of her, like, I guess a movie version of oh. her book on oh, TV. Funny. And, like, the scene was, this is rated R, people. <laughs> the scene <laughs> was this woman, and she's sitting on a piano. <laughs> and the guy... Is like going down on her, <laughs> but like playing the piano Shut at the up. same time. And she just like the whole time she's just like, keep playing, <laughs> keep playing, keep playing. So Chris and I always like <laughs> joke around and say that all the keep time. Playing. Like, keep playing, keep playing. <laughs> so I was like watching this like and tearing up. And then as soon as the end comes and it has like, keep playing, it's like the slogan at the end. I was like, lost my shit and started like keep laughing. Playing. So to use That's a phrase funny. I hate, I literally had all the feels. <laughs> so when I watched like that. literally every like, single feel, every single feel. So anyways, but also, keep playing. If you do keep playing, when you get to my age, your knees just stop working. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Like, oh, yeah, girl, running track. You keep on running. You oh, see- I thought you meant sitting on a piano. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, I meant the girls running track. Yes, are yeah, they're fucked all- up knees. Just like- oh, yeah, run on grass. Otherwise, you're going to get shin splints. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Anyway. Back to you, Dell. Keep playing. Keep playing. <laughs> Do you watch Sarah Silverman's new show, I Love You, America? I have seen uh, the first episode. <laughs> with the dick. With the dicks. <laughs> and, and I saw the 
I just like skipped forward to the episode with Tig Nataro because I really like her. Oh, okay. Uh, those are the only two I've seen. Okay. Well, I think I only watched Tig's part on that oh, episode. It's really good. I mean, it's a little weird, but it, there's really good pieces. There's actually mm-hmm. two things I'm going to talk about. I liked about. it when I saw it. Yeah. There's two pieces from her recent episodes I'm going to talk about. So if you haven't seen them yet and don't want me to spoil it, then hurry up and watch it. The first one was her addressing her friend, Louis C.K. Oh, yes. I did watch that clip. Okay, yeah. Like, I just like, you know, just like watching her and hearing her choke up over her words. Like, it's fucked up, but like, it was just really sad. Because, you know, I love all of his work, and I don't know what to do with that. Like, I gave up on Woody Allen in a second. So, I feel like I need to like, stick to my convictions and just like, denounce him like that. But. Yeah. It's it's a real mind uh, you know, because I, I love Louis, um, but Louis did these things. Both of those statements are true. So I just keep asking myself, can you love someone who did bad things? Can you still love them? Uh, I can mull that over later, certainly, because the only people that matter right now are the victims. They are victims, and they're victims because of something he did. So I hope it's okay if uh, I am at once very angry for the women he wronged and the culture that enabled it, and also sad, because he's my friend. But I believe with all my heart that this moment in time is essential. It's vital that people are held accountable for their actions, no matter who they are. We need to be better. We will be better. I can't wait to be better. And I just kind of felt like that was a really good um, sentiment about the whole thing. So it just made me teary-eyed because it is, like, really fucking sad when someone that you admire so much you find out is a horrible pig monster. Yeah, it puts you in a weird... It definitely puts you in a shitty situation. Um, But, yeah, also, like, I just need to give a shout-out to all of these awesome women who are doing a bang-up job on late-night TV. Chelsea, Sarah... Samantha and Robin are doing like tremendous work as talk show hosts, bringing, you know, sincere emotion Mm -hmm. that's relevant in that field. So I really appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. And this week, everyone should watch Chelsea's show. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. I am stoked. Um, So the next one I want, it's kind of a long clip. It's like eight minutes. So it's from her recent episode and it's... um, From Chelsea's? I'm sorry. From Sarah Silverman's recent episode um, where... I'll explain it after you. Hey, my name is Ravi Patel. I'm here with my best friend. Well, top three, maybe. I don't want to commit (laughs) to that. This is Rishi. Hey. 50 years ago today, our dads landed in Chicago from India to start a new life with very little money chasing the American dream. And today we're going to retrace the steps of their first days here. Do you guys have, like, what's your biggest fear right now? I think there is a concern in my mind about the way the society in general, the environment right now. I feel like we are becoming a divided society, Mm -hmm. and that concerns me. Not for myself, but for the grandkids more. color barriers, racial strifes that we see today, it tells me that this is not the country we want to see America as my country. Yeah. I want to see a safe place, yeah. a better place where my kids can grow without any fear. 
And that's the concern I have. Back then, what did you guys do for fun? Mm, our big thing was maybe buy a six pack and go on a Lakeshore Drive, <laughs> sit there and just drink there one or two can of beer. And that to me was a highlight. Of course, we had very limited resources. So. It's beautiful. It's just so sweet. And it's just awesome that, you know, these immigrants had these sons who then grew up and became best friends. Um, you know, they're kind of talking about how they had to borrow all kinds of money just to get to America in the first place. And when they were in India, they had a procession and people in the village were coming all over to look at their passports because they'd um, never seen one before. And um, knowing that when they left, they could never come back because they needed to be successful. They didn't want to come back and be embarrassed and considered failures. So like landing in this new country, you know, nothing about having no money and then just like finding your community and thriving. And they're just so happy and proud with like having hardly anything. And it just, it really is very sweet, but also they're looking at the way that America is today and it's not the America that they came to be a part of and it's, you know, it's concerning. And so it just really made me happy and sad all at the same time. Yeah, It's like a really great snapshot of America today, I think. Definitely. Yeah. That was really sweet. Yeah. I want to hang out with them. I know. The dad is so <laughs> the cute dad is and so adorable cute and funny. And funny. So funny. It's just like, yeah. And then, you know, just like immigrants helping immigrants out once they get here was just kind of really rad. So, um, yeah, that was something I cried out this week. Love that. Do you have more? Yeah, I have one more. So this is actually a submission from my friend, oh, cool. Aaron, nice. who uh, lives in the Northwest. Hey, Aaron. And he shared this with me because it was something that got him misty-eyed. Aww. And it's, a, it's uh, actually written by his sister. And uh, it's really short, so I'll just read it to sure. you. But basically what it is is uh, his sister had written this story for the Petco Foundation. Oh, Oh. where it was like a writing contest and you could like win money for your local pet shelter, That's I believe. That's so cool. Yeah, so it was really cool. And okay, so the title of this piece is Adopted Cat Helps Divorcee Pick Up the Pieces. And so again, this is a submission for my awesome friend, Aaron. Woohoo! Uh, and it's written by his sister. I never thought of myself as a cat person. The cat my parents had while I was growing up was temperamental, and so I thought all cats were like that. I wanted a dog, but because we couldn't have one in our apartment, I just accepted that uh, now was not the right time for me to get a pet. When my animal-loving mother-in-law came to visit, we took in her cat, or we took her to the cat cafe near our apartment for something to do. As we pet and played with the cats at Cat Town... That's I really want to go there. And actually in Sacramento, I used to go to a place like this and play with cats because I'm a weirdo. What? Uh, anyways, back to Megan's voice. <laughs> At Cat Town, I started to see their, new, their unique personalities. After the visit, I started following them on Instagram, filling my feed with cute cats. Why not? Then I saw her face. She popped up one day with her freckled nose and inquisitive look, just like all the cute cats before her. Mm -hmm. But something was different this time. I knew she was my cat. When I went to meet her in her foster home, even though she just snapped and wasn't that interested in me, I signed the paperwork on the spot. What? 
The head of the foster program at Cattown told me she cried when she saw that someone had inquired about Sadie as she was so invested in her story. When they first found her years prior at an animal welfare facility, she was miserable. Through the help of Cattown, her personality blossomed from shy and scared to sweet and loving. At four or five years old, Sadie had been in and out of foster programs, um, numerous times. And due to a variety of circumstances, she was adopted and later surrendered, surrendered more than once. She had even lived. I know. And actually that's what happened to my cat, Annie. Like she was returned. Like we got her and they're like, yeah, the last people returned her. I'm like, that's so so mean. mean. She had even lived in a car with the previous owner for a year and a half. She's like Jewel. (laughs) Who will save her soul? Sadie is just like Jewel. Who will save? Yeah, exactly. Megan's going to save her soul. So Sadie had never been able to find a permanent home. A few months after adopting Sadie, my husband and I split. The stability I thought I had was shattered. When he moved out, I found myself living on my own for the first time in my life. Except I wasn't. Sadie sleeps curled up next to me every night. When I come home, I am greeted at the door. If I'm sitting, she's in my lap. She even follows me into the bathroom or will wait for me by the door if, if I close it. I used to scoff when people re- referred to their pet as their best friend, but now I totally get it. I cannot imagine going through a life change such as this without her patience and companionship. In a time of uncertainty, I can count on her. We can't plan everything in life. Sometimes relationships end. Sometimes a cat goes through a few owners before finding the perfect fit. Sometimes a skeptic falls in love with a cat at first sight. For the first time, Sadie is finally home. And thanks to her, I am too. That's so sweet. Isn't that so sweet? And I think it is. It's like a really good story because... Honestly, those little fur babies, yeah. they really are like your constant companions yeah. and they're really helpful in mm. traumatic times such as divorce, you know? <clears throat> so I really appreciated that story. Yeah, I feel like... Um, and thanks, some, Aaron, for sharing that. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I feel like, too, like when you're going through something like that, you just don't want to be around people. Like you don't want to explain yourself and talk about it and like... You know, there's this little creature that's just going to, like, love on you, and you don't have to tell it anything. It just knows, and that's really awesome. Yeah, and I do think that – I know this sounds kind of, like, hippy-dippy, but I kind (laughs) of feel that animals really do, like, understand energy. For sure. Well, I actually gave to this, like, Lutheran church charity last year. Oh, really? And I keep getting mail from them. Um because they have this dog service where they train these comfort animals and they take them to incidents of trauma. So like anytime there's a hurricane or earthquake or, you know, plane crash or fire, um, they, they put the, they take these dogs out all over the country and then they just bring them to where, you know, the victims are and they can just kind of play with these sweet dogs. And so I gave money to the dogs so that they could fly places and like make people comfortable. (laughs) That's awesome. And then, yeah, like one of the stories was like, you know, people, some people are in so much shock that they can't process their emotions and that's really not healthy. And when they start playing with the dog, like they're able to just like let go and like have a breakdown, like with the dog and the dog just like knows what instinctually what to do. And I just, I love those dogs. So that's rad. I don't know what they're called, but 
And cats are cool too. Yeah. <laughs> as Megan has informed us and we all know and she put it in some very beautiful words. So that's awesome. Much so, appreciated. So she won money for her local She won so she won something mm. for it was a contest. Oh. I know like a donation was a big part of it. So I think that that's she cool. definitely generated donations for Cat Town. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay, Cat Town. Yeah. <coughs> Which is an awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> Cat Town. I want to live in Cat Town. So I'll do one more thing that made me cry okay. this week. This just happened yesterday. Um, I really wanted to take Edgar to see Coco. Coco. Um, the new Pixar film. Just because, you know, based on the trailer, it's about a little, you know, Mexican boy who wants to play music so bad and his family is so against it. Oh, that's what it's about? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. And like that was Edgar's experience growing up. So, and like the little boy in the film, like look literally looks like Edgar did when he was little. So I was just like, he has to see this. So we went last night and I like, you know, Pixar, like the opening scene, you're already in tears. Cause like the little montage that they do. And it's like already sad. And I was already crying like up. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you go through the story. I don't want to spoil any of it. Cause it's so good, but it was just such a good story. And Edgar and I were both crying and, um, it was just really, really good. And then afterward, you know, Edgar was just saying like, wow, I never as like a little boy would have ever imagined that Disney would have put like some Mexican kid on screen that like looks like me and sounds like me. And like, that was just so sweet. And I actually shared this story tonight at my um, hair salon with the ladies there. I thought you were going to say at this, like... Oh, no. Some sort of, like, public speech. No. I was at the hair salon. I was at the hair salon. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was talking to this girl who had just... She's seen it multiple times. She saw it in Spanish, and she was, like, you know, already she was teary-eyed just, like, <clears throat> saying that it was so good. And then I shared that little bit with her, and she started crying, and she was like, you see, you see, like representation is so important and you know it matters that little kids and I was like yeah and now like the little kids of today like have somebody on screen for them that they can identify with and she was just like full on crying and I was like I made you cry I I I made someone cry I need to see it it's really good what about the frozen thing at the beginning everyone's like bitching about it why is everyone bitching about it well first of all I never saw frozen I don't think I did I thought it was dumb yeah good or I mean it was just like whatever I was like I thought this was supposed to be really good yeah I I have no desire I was shocked when I saw it I was just like (laughs) I don't understand everyone said it was good and I'm like I don't think it's good it's not good at all so yeah so like the beginning I didn't know that was gonna happen we would have totally stayed home and like had another beer, but like <laughs> we raced. It's long, right? It's like forty minutes. Are you fucking kidding it's, me? It felt. I like, thought it was twenty minutes. I was like, that is way too. Well, long. maybe it was twenty minutes, and it felt like an hour because we were like, what the fuck? What is Coco? And like little kids in the audience. Where's Coco? Little kids in the audience were seriously, Mama. Where's Coco? <laughs> like, Are you serious? And because I'd never seen Frozen, I didn't understand any of the characters. The plot was so I shallow I want to go just because I love, like, one of my biggest, one of my favorite things to do in life <laughs> is to start chanting, like, get everyone <laughs> chanting something. So, like, I just want to go, I specifically want to go just so that when it's playing, I can just be like, Coco, yeah. Coco, <laughs> And they'll fast forward through it. So, pro tip, um, skip the frozen bit at the beginning of Coco. These are good. These were good ones. I like them. I hope you all enjoyed it. Now let's all enjoy this 
fucking gem of a song. You're all going to cry. Because it's that time where we dive into <sighs> an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> this is <laughs> Sinead O'Connor. Everyone should know that this is a Prince song. I think we all know that. Yes. Um, but, you know, she made it famous. Mm-hmm. There's been many covers. Chris Cornell did one before his demise, and that's really good. But I feel like it's one of those songs like Hallelujah, like whoever covers it, it's just really good. I don't think I've really heard any other covers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, but I love, they're out there. I love the Sinead song. Yeah. So it was released in 1990. Yeah, 1990. Um, and basically, it's just like, if you've never seen it, I don't know. Get a life. Yeah. Uh, it's a close-up of her face, and she's just straight up singing the song. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, also like bleeds into like mm-hmm. these scenes of her just like wearing this gnarly black cloak. And yeah. she's like walking around this park in Paris. Uh-huh. Just like fucking pondering her breakup. Yeah, yeah. Presumably because that's what the song right. seems to be about. And uh, I think the greatest part of the video, the climax, yeah. is when she fucking cries. I know. And they were real tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, she didn't intend to cry, but she started to and just decided to like let it happen. She deserves like an like a fucking Oscar or yeah, something I know. for the video. Seriously. Something more than a moon man. Well, it did win three. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the first female to win No way. A video of the year or whatever. That's awesome. And for the Grammys, she was nominated, but she like boycotted it. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause she was all riled up mm-hmm. back then. Um But I feel like She's so pretty in the I video. know. You know what's really funny? Her is, eyes. It's so simple and... Yeah. What's really funny is, like, I was thinking back to my 10-year-old self watching the video and just remembering, like, my stupid, like, snarky react, 10-year-old reaction of, like, gross, she has no hair. Like, she's so ugly. Like, I'm so sexist. <laughs> I had a similar reaction to David Bowie and Labyrinth. Oh, right. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, he's... So ugly. <laughs> what is this? Guy? Yeah, and now I'm like, why did I ever think that? He's so dreamy. Yeah, and it's funny because she shaved her head because like her whole thing was like she didn't want to be pretty, but wow. it's like your fucking you face is it. so pretty. Yeah. Like, um. I yeah. Oh. I just thought she was so weird because it wasn't like super mainstream to have a bald shaved head. So, but in the video, I feel like she's going through like all the stages of grief. <laughs> Yeah, totally. She's, like, angry, then she's, like, sad, then she's, like, sort of, like, spaced out. Yeah, yeah, Like, she goes through everything. She, like, snarls at the camera Mm -hmm. at one point. And when she cried, like you said, it was real. And it's because she was thinking about her mom who died in a car accident, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the kind of weird thing about that is, like, because she's, like, has all of these, like, documented interviews with her where she's, like, talking about how terrible her mom was. And her mom, like, fucking abused her super bad. And that's sort of, like, what created her mental state, which is really sad. Like, to this day. Yeah. It was really cool, though, because in... In the YouTube comment section, 
there was so much current day love for Sinead and like what she's going through mentally. And I just thought that was really awesome. Like all these people reaching out with concerns for her mental health, which is really surprising since usually the comment sections are garbage. But it was just really nice. Like maybe because most of the people that like have <laughs> accounts that like comment on shit on YouTube are all like mentally <laughs> ill. They were like, I relate. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was very sad to read that she did not have a good relationship with Prince. Did you see that? Yes. And like she punched him in the face or something? Or like <laughs> no. I think that was like a figurative, like we had a punch up. I don't know. She like, okay, here's the direct quote. I'll read you mine next. I did meet him a couple times. We didn't get on at all. In fact, we had a punch up, but like, does she mean like for real? Do you have more of that quote? He summoned me to his house after nothing compares to you. I made it. I made it without. She made the song without. Oh, I made it without him. I never met him, which is kind of like weird. Like fucking just give him a call. Yeah. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Um, he summoned me to his house, and it's foolish to do this to an Irish woman. He said he didn't like me saying bad words in interviews, so I told him to fuck off. <laughs> he got quite violent. Oh. Yeah. I had to escape out of his house at five in the morning. He packed a, a bigger, bigger punch, punch than, than mine. mine. What the fuck? They were like I Prince and Sinead in a fist fight at Prince Pat. What's Paisley? Paisley Palace. Paisley Palace, like a punch out with Sinead and Prince. Like, I just imagine. You would think that you'd be like, let's play basketball. (laughs) I'll make you some pancakes. Yeah. I thought that was so, yeah, weird. I don't know. And I feel bad being like, yeah, I feel bad now. Like not believing the woman. Yeah, (laughs) but I don't know. Yeah. um, I eat my dinner at a fancy restaurant. It's so good the way she sings. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the method. So she said she learned to channel her emotions with a singing style called bel canto, which she compares to extreme acting methods. So it's like being method, but for singing. So, like, you use the emotion to, like, alter your voice. Which is why she doesn't sing the song anymore because she said, like, she she stopped singing it a couple years ago and she said it was because she has no emotions attached to that song anymore and so she's like, it would be false for me to continue to sing it because she only sings songs that she can provide emotion. Wow. Like, that she can exude emotion. That's how I feel like if I was a famous singer with my beautiful singing voice, that's how I would probably be. Like, I can't sing this song that I wrote 10 years ago about some mushy thing if I'm not in that headspace anymore. So I get you, Sinead. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I still would be pissed Seems, if I... Yeah. I would want to hear her I know, if you go see it's her. it's such a good it's song. It's so beautiful. Like she, yeah. And so um, is she. And she also, I didn't know this, that she uh, had a romance with Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? Which inspired his song, I Could Have Lied. What? Yeah. That is she was so weird. pretty babely. Oh, yeah. Big time. Do you uh, remember when she was on SNL and, like, tore up the Pope picture? Yes. Which I thought was kind of, which actually I was thinking about when I was watching this video because I'm like, uh, when she's walking around in that Paris yes, park, I'm like, you look like, like a, a priest. <laughs> yeah. You're literally dressed like a priest. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was like, I don't know, I was 10. One of the first people I ever saw to be, like, speaking out directly against the Pope. And, like, you know, I didn't understand why. I thought she was crazy like everyone so else did. So did I. But now I'm like, no, she was on to something. Like, yeah, she's like, they should have had her in that movie. Uh, yeah. What's the one? <sighs> the newspaper one? Yes. The, 
What's it spotlight. called? Spotlight. Yeah. Um, she they should have like opened with her just like ripping the thing. That would have like, been amazing. Yeah. But then I feel like, didn't she become a priest later? Yes, she did. <laughs> so I don't understand. I don't either. I don't understand. And then remember her like open letter to Miley Cyrus? Oh, yeah. That like, was when like everyone was just doing like fucking open letters. Like, right. Oh, we should bring back the open letter. Bring it back? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like open letters. <laughs> I need to bring it back to a few I government do, officials. Ooh, I need to think of like a f- cool, funny take, spin on an open letter. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, because Wrecking Ball was kind of like... Wasn't it like she was like slut shaming Miley or... Well, the thing was so... Okay, so in the Wrecking Ball video, Miley kind of like... Well, there's a lot of similarities to Sinead in that she has like a, she like, oh, right, buzzed her head. And she um, does like a very close up, close, tight shot of her face. And she like emotes, like she's like crying during that song or something. Even that song is really stupid. But, (laughs) but this is what she said. Like Miley kind of threw shade at, at O'Connor. She said that, she said that her tears were for her recently departed dog. And that, um, like when people were talking to her about the similarities between this and, and Sinead's video, she oh. was saying like, well, I was crying because I was thinking about my recently departed dog, which is kind of like fucked up because <sighs> Sinead was saying it was because of her mother oh who died. God. And then she said, it's like the Sinead O'Connor video, but like the most modern version. Oh, get out of here, Miley. Get She's yeah. so formulaic and predictable. I can't even. <laughs> and she also said that so, and then when, yeah, I don't know, O'Connor, like, she wrote kind of a weird open letter that was a little bit slut-shaming. Yeah. And in response to that, and then Miley Cyrus, like, posted a fucked up tweet that was like, before Amanda Bynes, there was. <gasps> and it's like, so she's, like, talking shit about a poor Amanda Bynes, who right. obviously is mentally ill, right. you know? yeah. And then talking shit to O'Connor, who also has, like, Boo, public. Miley. So Miley's an idiot, which is not surprising. surprising. But anyways. Fuck off, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. That's Sinead. <laughs> That's Sinead. It's um, a beautiful, beautiful song. It is. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. Keep playing. Keep playing. And keep crying. And keep crying. <laughs> 